Hi, my Lift and Love community. This is Jenny Hunter. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to share my conversation that I had with Heather Rackman from Latter-day Life Coach Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed filming it. Welcome to Lift and Love Conversations, where we are building a supportive culture around LGBTQ families in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm Allison Dayton from Lift and Love, and I will show you how to lean into your spiritual discomfort to deepen and grow your testimony of Jesus Christ. And I am Jenny Hunter of Jenny Hunter Coaching. I will help you identify obstacles that could get in the way of sustaining healthy relationships and realizing the blessings of being an LGBTQ family. Each week, we will bring you lessons we've learned through our own lives, the experiences of families we've worked with, and conversations with amazing experts. Episode 56, Being the Touchpoint of Christ for Your LGBTQ Child with Jenny Hunter. Welcome to Latter-day Life Coaches, the podcast where each episode is a conversation between me, Heather Rackham, and one of my amazing coach colleagues. Each coach here is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and certified through the Life Coach School. Together, we have one main goal, helping you live your best life no matter what. You ready for this conversation with the coach? Here we go. It's probably safe to say that women in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints love two things very much, the gospel and their children. But what happens when those two things come in conflict with one another? There has been a lot of discussion in recent years on how moms of children who are LGBTQ can continue to love and support their children while still holding fast to the truths of the gospel. Coach Jenny Hunter has created community of support and hope for these moms, Come listen to today's podcast as she shares how moms can become touch points of Christ for their children and have meaningful relationships with their children, all while holding true to the gospel and its teachings. This is an episode you don't want to miss. It's full of hope and love and so much light. You will truly have your heart filled by taking a listen. I am joined today by Jenny Hunter. And Jenny, I'm going to start as usual just by asking you to introduce yourself to us. All right. Thank you, Heather. I'm so happy to be here today. I am Jenny Hunter, and I have been like a life coach since I think 2018 now and have certified through Life Coach School and did a master certification with Jody Moore, too. And I originally started out as I really love marriage and I wanted to teach everybody how to be the girlfriend again. And that's not where the Lord kept me. I also have a son who is gay, who is um, came out at 15. He's 24 now. And the Lord really just nudged me the other way to become a coach for LGBTQ families and especially moms to really help them get through those first years or even the middle years, wherever they're at with their son and or with their child, their LGBTQ child and helping them really stay connected to Christ and to their child as they show up as the mom they want to be. And, you know, for my story, I have six kids. Nick is our oldest. We have a boy and then five girls. 
And so when he came out, it was painful, honestly. And that's really, you know, when I found a coach and got into coaching, like, you know, most of us, our stories start right from our pain points, then we become a coach. And I'm just like most everybody else where I saw the value of how it changed me and it gave me the skills and the actual tools to show up in a less painful way and to show up from a higher place of love and process all of the emotions I was feeling about my son being gay and dealing with the morning of the vision I had for our life as a family to where we were now and then. So it gave me the tools to create and have the family that I love today and the relationships I love today and also create the relationship with Christ that I wanted to because, you know, when children come out, either the mom is, or the family's are like mad at God or mad at the church? Because like, you're like, like, I was kind of mad at God. Like I did the plan. This was not part of the plan, right? Like this was not the vision. And you really have to redefine your relationship with God and with the church because it is not a clear path for LDS, LGBTQ families. And so finding that path has been the biggest thing that's grown me up as a woman and as a woman of faith. I think that that is a great way to put it. Like you had to grow up in your faith and in your understanding. And it probably sent you, obviously sent you on your own journey of of strengthening who you are and discovering who you are and how we all fit into the gospel. It is. Like for me, it redefined how I loved my son because it's easy to love your children for the things they do. Like, right? Like, go on a mission or, you know, do well in school. And like, it's, it's easy to do that. But when they don't do the plan that you had envisioned, you have to really get in there and question your belief system of how you're loving somebody. And I had to really do that. I'd be like, oh, he is still valuable and he is still worth just because he's making different choices with his faith or different choices with how he wants to live his life. And I had to really question how I was measuring worth and importance of another individual. And so doing that work with my son, you can't help but do that work with all of mankind. And it changes your lens of how you're kind of judging even yourself and everybody else and how they interact and how you measure their worth and the love and how you're loving them. Honestly, it teaches you to love unconditionally, which is really pure Christ-like love. Mm -hmm. Which is so fascinating because that's what we all are seeking, right? That's our goal is to have charity, the pure love of Christ. And yet it seems to be the thing that is the hardest for us and the thing that we judge ourselves the most partially about, I think, when we're not able to do it. But when placed in these opportunities to do so, we don't always look at it as a gift. No, and it totally doesn't feel like a gift. Like you ask any mom when their child comes out and tells them like it is, like I said to you before, like you feel like your house is burning down. And it literally is like you have to go back. I was just coaching a mom yesterday and she said something beautiful. She's like, I feel like my testimony now, it used to be like a funnel where like I did all these things and Christ was up there. And now like at the bottom is Christ. And everything else doesn't matter. Like all the checkbox things, like they've gone away. And, you know, because we have a lot of programs and a lot of guidelines, how to live the gospel in our day, we do sometimes fall into the Pharisee thinking, you know, and it's because there's safety. And these guidelines, there are, they're complete safety from the church. But sometimes it changes how we think and measure each other. And we miss the big picture, you know, like it's kind of like going from the Mosaic law to Christ's law. And the 
guidelines that are so great and like strength for youth proclamation all those things they're great and they're goodness but there's also some pain in there if your family doesn't fit into that you know if your child doesn't want to do that then you're like okay is there no value here is there no value in our family so it's sometimes these guidelines are used as weapons against us how we think about ourselves and that's when you really have to break down really your values and your belief system of like what is the gospel to you and what is your relationship with Christ? Because honestly, I was one of those girls who like, I don't wear a bikini, so I'm a good girl, right? Like, <laughs> like I had like kind of that thinking of like, well, if I don't do these things, if I do my visiting teacher, if I do all this stuff, do my calling, then that's my relationship with Christ. And those things are all great, but they have really no bearing on your relationship with Christ. Your relationship with Christ is really how you view yourself and view others. And that is so valuable to recognize because I know that myself, Like we see this checklist of things that we need to do or not do. And you're right. It is, it's safety. It feels like safety. If we just do these things, then I'll be safe. I'll make it to wherever, you know, I'll make it to the celestial kingdom or whatever it is that we have in our sites. Right. And I'm thinking back to when I was in charge of a girl's camp and I didn't give any dress guidelines. That's so great. There's no guidelines. And I I had, um, people freaking out. Like, I mean, <laughs> does somebody tell me what to bring? Tell me what to wear. Oh. And I was like, Oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I love that. But we do that, right? Like we just think yeah. we'll be safe. Like, okay, I'll be dressed like everybody else. If somebody just tells me what to wear, I'll be fine. If I can just do, you know, if, if you'll just tell me and president Nelson has really tried to get us to what I call it the law of, you know, like the law of Moses type religion. He's really tried to help us step out of that and to govern ourselves and to make decisions for ourselves and to seek to be us and not who we think somebody else thinks that we should be or should be doing. Right. But it's not an easy process. Like I love the analogy you just came about giving no guidelines for um, girls camp and moms freaked out because you literally feel like that way as a mom when your child comes out because you have so much guidelines of how when your child could date when who you know double dates even like single double dates right what you're supposed to do with your teenagers and when your child comes out especially as a teenager you know you're like do I allow them to date another man? Do I like, how do I do this? You know, and there's no, you you could go to your bishop, you go to stake person, but there's nobody really, there's no guidelines for this, okay? And so you have to develop this co-parenting relationship with Heavenly Father, where you are going to him and asking them like questions like that and trying to find that inspiration and hearing him of what is best for that child. You really have to switch from parenting the individual versus the program. You know, sometimes we parent, the program and that what they do and and when your child comes out you are parenting that individual because there's not a lgbtq child i've met that hasn't gone through some depression and some anxiety part of that package and so you're dealing with a mental health crisis usually you're dealing with a religious crisis there's a lot of crisis going and usually we had amazing bishops with our situation most of them were but they weren't equipped to like tell us what to do like and so when you don't have the just like the parents like wait what what are they supposed to wear that is how you feel as a parent as an lgbq child and there's nobody kind of like you said like no you gotta figure it out like you gotta kind of own it and which is beautiful but there's a lot of mind management of that because you are still as a parent especially as a mom you know, you're trying to like redefine your role in this and how you're showing up because a lot of times they feel like 
in the beginning, like, oh, did I do this? You know, did I cause this? Was there something we didn't do as a family that now my child's gay, which is completely wrong, right? Like, it's just who they are. And there's a little bit of a period where you have to go through as a mom of your new identity and kind of embrace the calling. And we always view it as like, it is a calling from God that you are a mother or father of LGBTQ child, because you are having to love this child in a higher way, in a different way. And you're usually their touch point to Christ because they will go through some religious trauma and maybe some religious crisis. And most LGBTQ kids at some point will step away from the church and your home then becomes that church for them. And where you as a mom, really, I help my clients really focus on the spiritual gifts of the child where I think it's really important for you to keep always thinking of that child of this spiritual giant. Like we know that these kids are spiritual giants, the fact that they're in your family and they came to your family and really focus on how you still can develop them spiritually, even if it's outside the realms of our chapels, which sometimes it is that, but to really kind of find ways that you can help them identify their spiritual gifts and you as a mom and a dad be thinking of them that way because that will draw a deeper connection and keep that spirituality in your relationship. I have clients who do this who their child doesn't even believe in God, but there's so much goodness in that child and they just focus on the gifts of that child. And it's a much more peaceful way to parent and to connect with that child. I love the visualization of you being the touch point to Christ. That phrase that you used, it seems like, I I think in any relationship, what a valuable thing to view yourself as, as that touch point, that place where that can be felt. You're right. If we really felt that way with every interaction, right, we would change how we talk and treat each other, you know? And Mm so all of my clients, as they get to like get through the pain in the morning of like the grief of what they thought their life was going to be with this child too. Once they kind of get through that, I haven't heard one of my clients say, I would change this. I would wish my child straight. You know, they want their child to be happy, but they want the child, whoever they are to be, you know, some people's call it a faith crisis, but I really like calling it a faith journey that you will for sure. If your child comes out, you're going to be on a faith journey. Your faith will not be the same. And you will have to get new tools and new reasons why you go to church. And we did one podcast where we talked about survival skills for um, LGBTQ families, because you literally are taken off the safe path and put on a whole new path by yourself. And you have to get new tools in that backpack to like still go up the mountain. And what happens is though, your experience becomes a deeper, more personal experience versus like you're just going through the motion. You really have to become mindful and committed and it just, it becomes just this beautiful relationship with God and with your family because it really, you kind of double down. Like I I say all the time, you double down on Jesus where you're like, okay, I'm all in and I'm doing it. And so you can't go through this process without being changed for the better when you are doing it with the Lord. It's making me think for some reason, and I don't know why, but anytime that we do something like we take responsibility for something like if you have a child who wants to make a big purchase and when you let them and you allow them to raise the money to make that purchase themselves, it's much more meaningful for them. And I think for us, anytime we step off of what we think is 
the normal path, which when I say that, I mean, that's the path where someone's just telling you what to do. And they're the ones like they're responsible. Like they'll be the ones that are wrong if I make a mistake because I just did everything that was on that checklist. And so if it doesn't work the way it's supposed to, then it's not my fault. But when we take responsibility for that relationship, for navigating a path with a child, when we step off that path and we're like, in survival mode, like you said, it's going to mean so much more to you too. No, it's going to be an amazing experience. There's no way it can't not be. No, I love that analogy you gave because it's almost like when your child pays for college themselves, they're going to show up to every class. They're going to, right? But when you're paying for it, they're not as invested. And so it does change the game where you are much more vested and you're doing it for the reasons you want to. And you're almost like you're rechoosing everything in your life. Like, do I, this is still valuable. Like you have to unpack everything and be like, okay, is this valuable for my family? Does this still work? And so what you're bringing back in is things that are enhancing and really making your life and your faith what you want versus just going through the motion. And it's a hard process because nobody likes change, right? Our brains don't like change and we don't like it's uncomfortable. And you really get good at faith and doubt. You get good at feeling two emotions, you know, times where like your child's dating and that's uncomfortable still, but you also have love that your child's happy in a relationship or, you know, you're, or have so much faith in your relationship with Christ, but there's so many unanswered questions, how your family fits in. And so like, you really just get good at like going forward with all the emotions and taking action from where you want emotion. Yeah. I think sometimes we think we can only experience one emotion at a time, right? It has like, if you're spirit, if you're having doubt in your life, then you're just stuck in doubt, but it's very possible. In fact, it's necessary for us to learn to be able to have and experience more than one emotion at the same time. We need to yes. be able to, like we experience that doubt and we can have bravery and at the same time and move forward. Like it's not either, or it's, I can experience all of these things and it, it's not right or wrong. It's just right for me. Right. And that's, I think that's such a beautiful way that Heavenly Father created us where he's given us this range of emotions and this range of feelings and we just like our brains like certainty and this is not a certain place to live when you have an lgbtq child it really is not and but there's so much in the gospel that isn't uncertain right and there's so much that we question but you really go to what's important to you and the things that you really believe in because you know i do have some families that like Actually, no, most of my clients, they do stay. I was like, like the, once they, if you really work on this, you find a way to stay, I would say, um, because you, you, like you said, you take, you start taking ownership for your relationship and your interaction with your ward or like really kind of building up your confidence of advocating for your child. Then I really see most families create a really beautiful path in their community and they still make this the church, their community. It's a different relationship, but it's a relationship they're not ashamed of or embarrassed, like they they're more in a confident position when they are choosing because they want to be there, not because they feel they have to be there. Yeah. And that changes everything, right? As soon as you decide you want to be someplace on purpose, or you want to have faith on purpose, or you want to do anything on purpose rather than just going through the motions. I mean, the the motions feel really safe and really easy, right? Like our brain wants to go there because our brain wants to be efficient. And so it's always going to look for the easier path. So once we have to start to do something and look to do something on purpose or intentionally, it does take more effort, but with effort comes reward. 
It, it really does. And like, you know, the covenant path that sometimes could be a trigger for LGBTQ families when that's said, because, you know, there's not always a clear covenant path for their child. But you can't deny their safety of that, the iron rod and going through all that. But, you know, I had one podcast guest who said, like, we're all on the covenant path. If you're here on this earth, you rate rose your hand and you said, I'm coming to earth. We're all like, nobody's, you're not leaving the path. Some people are just going to it very slowly or have stopped on the path. And I just love that visual. Cause I'm like, you're right. Like everybody here, we're all trying to get to God. And there's a lot of ways that, you know, as a community, like they're so like, we think like, go to a church school, go on a mission. Like one path is the way. And that kind of was like Satan's plan, like right where he was like, one way I'll get them all back. But really there's lots of ways to Christ and to grow your faith. And sometimes people have to walk away and then come back. You know, it's just having less fear with how they are honoring their faith and having really belief that God is still in it with them, you know, and that God has never not without your child. He is always mindful of your child. Really, when you can really believe that belief, which I do, then your actions about faith with your child change and your motivation where you are much more aware of where they're at and you're letting, you're not corralling their experience with God. You're letting them define it. And it becomes a more beautiful place for as a parent because you get to enjoy the version of the child that is versus what you think they should be. And so your energy around the child changes and you actually get more opportunities to grow together in faith just differently than you probably had to imagine when they were a baby. You brought up the covenant path. And I really think for me, the thing that has been most valuable is to realize that for some reason, we think the covenant path looks the same for everybody. But if you think about it, we make a covenant when we're baptized, when we're eight, we make covenants when we go to the temple. So that's like two times in our life, basically, right? Where everybody's path looks the same for just those brief moments. Right. But between, you know, covenant A and covenant B, it's all different. There's all that that's never, I mean, I'm sitting here drawing circles with my hands. There's never, it doesn't look the same for everybody. It goes all over the place, but there's just two touch points basically where it's the same baptism and the temple. And yes, we take the sacrament on Sundays and that helps, you know, helps us remember those things and kind of touch base, but the path does not look the same. In fact, it's not even close to remotely the same for everybody. You know, we all came down here at different starting points. Like we all have different capabilities and different talents and different lessons we're supposed to learn here. So of course the path isn't always the same, right? Like we, you need something, Heather, different than I need to learn. Like your skiffs and your skills are different. And like, and that just goes to testimony of how much Heavenly Father knows us individually and loves us individually because he has created this journey, this path for us that is perfect for me and my family and you and your family. Like we just, we're individuals, which is so amazing. I love that we're all different and that we all, you know, even like the people who are not in the church, they are still on the path and the Lord is creating the their journey for them. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I love that book, The the restoration. I don't know if you've read it by Patrick Mason, um, where he talks about like all the spiritual gifts, like the Buddhist got um, meditation and the Baptist got grace. And we have the priesthood and the, the, the authority and like talk about all the different religions, like the Catholics have charity. Like when we think of the vineyard, when you think of like all mankind in the vineyard, instead of just us who are, you know, um, covenant children with the Lord, that kind of expands like it's, I would recommend that book to anybody because what it does is changes how you view 
all of God's children and what they're doing and what the Lord's doing. Like he has a great plan for all of us. He, you know, his greatest work is that he brings us all back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, bringing us all back is us becoming a better version of ourselves than we were in the pre-existence. And that means life's going to be messy for us. Like I always say, we didn't come down here for a birthday party. We came down here for this hard stuff. And so some of your path is going to be hard, but it's different hard for mine because that's what I need and you need differently. And and when you really view like, okay, we're down here to do the hard stuff, to have our faith challenged, to really develop new skill sets. And just like the gym, like you have to go up and wait to develop, you know, it's just like that in the trials and the journey that the Lord's given us. So before we started this episode recording, we were talking for a second before. And Jenny, you shared with me something about the children of Israel and and wandering. And will you share yeah. that? I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every mom who has an LGBTQ child really wants every general conference, like the prophet, get up like, okay, this is how it works for your child and your family. And you know, I've pondered this a lot of like, Lord, why can't you just make this simple for us? Because there's so many families, especially now, like there's so many families that like we have so many questions. And it struck me when I was pondering this, like we, to me, I feel like we're very similar. It took the Israelites 40 years in the wilderness to wander till they were ready to go in the promised land. And that 40 years was because they needed to learn lessons and they needed to change and develop themselves. And it just struck me like, oh, I feel like that's what he's doing with us. Like we are learning as a people to figure this out, to love, to include, to um, kind of change the community of how we used to treat people. I feel like there's been a lot of like more awareness of like, oh, we're not being as inclusive as we need to be. That where is Christ in this? And if that I see so much goodness, I mean, there's still a lot of hurt for LGBTQ families, but. I hear there's so much goodness out there and so many people who have no LGBTQ child who really is like, okay, how can we do this? How can we do this better? And really like their hearts are touched, their hearts are changed. And I feel like the Lord is, it's not easy right now because of what we as a people need to learn and what we need to become and what he's preparing us for. Yeah. I love that. And why you're talking about that, the hard parts of it. Talk to me a little bit about judgment. I know that obviously there is, there's judgment that's there, right? If it's kind of, and it's unfortunate, but it's there. So, and our brains are made to judge. And the Lord even tells us like, like he's created us to judge because it's part of survival, but there's a difference with judging, like for us to survive and judging how somebody else is doing it. I've been a seminary teacher for many years and, um, but I have probably loved the doctrine coverage the most this year because probably from just reading it from the LGBTQ stance of, I felt like there was so many times where they were like, I don't even know how to do this. And the Lord answered, like it was all filled with questions, right? And like this, we don't know what to do next Lord. And then it was also filled with such messy people. And the Lord's like, this is the best I got, but I'm going to make it work. And so I kind of feel like there's so much parallel with like our community, our church community and the LGBTQ movement of like, we don't like, this is not clear, Lord, how do we do this? And I love in um, section 46 where they had started. And this is funny because when Christ left, um, Peter, the same thing happened in the apostles where they like, they stopped, they weren't teaching to the Gentiles and the Lord. And then Peter has this dream where he's like, like, 
all the animals he saw and the Lord's like, no, you need to teach it to everybody. And in for, section 46, they stopped limiting the people like who were like coming. They, they were like, oh, you just have to be super serious or you have to be a member to come to our meetings. And the Lord completely rebuked them and was like, four times in the, that chapter, he says, do not cast off, invite all. Like he just keeps telling them like invite. And we know like, I think it's third Nephi 17th. I'm not for sure where the Lord's like, you just keep inviting. And I'm the one who changes their heart. I'm the one who has the power. You don't need to know when their hearts are going to change. Like I will do the hard work. All you do as people is invite, do not cast off. And it must be like a human nature to like kind of limit and close in that must feel safe for us like if you think like me then that's our community because it's interesting that in both of the restorations of christ in the original church and in 46 when the when church was being restored we did this where we're like okay no just the people we think are like going to think like us can come to our church and the lord in both times was like oh no 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 your role is to invite. And of course, we have the judge of Israel, like the state president or the bishop. But as the 99% of us, we do not judge. We are just inviting and loving and the Lord takes care of the rest. He does the heart. That's the heavy lifting, the judging. And I'm so glad. Like, I got to tell you, other every mom who prays of like, what's my role in this? The same answer. You just love. I take care of the rest. Every single mom gets your role is to love. Your role is to love. And that's the same for us as disciples of Christ and members of the church. Our role is to love and the Lord does the heavy lifting. And we got to like stay out the Lord's business. Just stay in our lane. Like we could just say the end (laughs) right there, right? It is just to love. And we throw all this stuff into it to make it so complicated. And we think it needs to be so different. And, And in truth, it is And I've said this before on this podcast, but honestly, that's what brought me to coaching was that I realized that this kind of work, the, like the retraining of my brain and thinking intentionally is the key to having Christ-like love. Like this is it. It I used to think like, it's just not possible. How can I love all of these Right. wackadoos are, you know, in my mind, like all these wacky people who right. don't do things the way I think that they should be done. Yes. And this is the way is learning to have a new perspective, wow. learning to retrain those neural pathways in our brain that keep us stuck. Right. It's possible. It, it is possible. Like it's so fun because like you think about the quote that I think we've heard the most in the last couple of general conferences, like uh, President Nelson's quote that he gave in his 2016 address of like, your joy has nothing to do with your circumstances, what you're focused on, right? And that mm-hmm. is the model, right? Like, like that's why like coaching is so imperative because like people are like, okay, yeah, I get that. Like your joy shouldn't be like focus on this, it has nothing to do with your circumstances, it's what you're focused on, but how do you do it? And so that's why coaching is so amazing because it gives us these tools to live our gospel, our doctrine, and it gives us the tool of how, mm-hmm. right? The Lord teaches what to do and coaching the, is the aspect to how to manage our brains and how to do it, how to live and how to love and think more like Christ does. Mm-hmm. You're looking for a checklist. This is the only checklist I feel like that you need is like the managing your brain and learning to feel. And that sort of checklist is really the only thing that's valuable for us. I think. Yeah. And learn, yeah. Learning how to be present and not live in fear and worry. And 
It is. It's like I, I, it, it changed my life and probably changed yours too, where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like so many of my clients are like, I've done 30 years of therapy and I've done more, I've been able to make more move with you in the last like little bit than I have because we actually are the tools that we give really makes the impact of like the how-to. It's really the how-to book of how to um, be the more mindful. Like, because you hear that all the time. I want to be more intentional, more mindful. But we really teach your brain how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are some really strong buzzwords in our society right now. Mindfulness and, yeah. you know, being present, all of those things. Like we hear those a lot, but what does that really mean? You know, that we, you know, you hear them and you're like, yeah, well, that sounds great in theory, but there is application. There is ways to be more mindful. And in so doing, we are changed. We are changed. Yes. And thank goodness, right? The version of myself that I was 10 years ago, I love myself so much more. And I love all the messiness of myself now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we do grow up in a church where perfectionism, we talk about a lot. We feel like there's a path. And really when you understand like, like he created all of you, like loving, embracing all of your messiness, all of your beautifulness, then you embrace it. And you're so much more open to everybody else's messiness. And you give so much more grace to everybody else. Like really coaching to me has taught me how to give myself grace and others grace in a much more loving way, which I'm the one to get benefit because then I get to feel that love and grace, right? Yes. So it's making me think of this quote that I just read in a book and she, it's a book by Mel Robbins called the high five habits. And she's quoting somebody else. And I, so I don't know who to give credit (laughs) to, but she says the price of your new life is your old one. So, you know, when we've been given opportunities to, to change and to adjust to new situations in our lives, we do have the price for this new life and becoming and and loving and being who we want to be and showing up the way we want to show up is our old life. Like we have to give up those old things, our old beliefs in order to have this new one. And I don't think you could do it without the heart. Like you look at the analogy, you know, just Smith and Carthage, where they call it the Holy Temple, because they're like the man who came out of that time period um, of being in that jail for so long was a different prophet, a different man. Like, I don't think you can get to a higher version yourself without the heart. And I just think it's part of the plan. And so kind of when you kind of expect the heart in your life and embrace it and think, okay, this is hard. And if it's harder, okay, I need to get more tools because like the heart is for a purpose and I want to really fully embrace this purpose and really learn what I can learn because like the Lord wants you to love yourself more and to really identify and know what you're capable of more because I think we so underestimate what we can do and the what hard we could do and I think these opportunities the Lord gives us is to learn more about who we are and what we can become and the things we could do all right Jenny um let's talk a little bit about community so community especially in the LDS church like I think it's one of the biggest assets, like we're kind of the McDonald's theory where like you move to any city and you have somebody, a new best friend, right? You have the possibility of a new best friend. Like I, my friends who are not in the church, cause I'm in Tampa, they're like, how do you know all these people? Like how are you connected? Like they're always kind of in awe of the LDS community or like with there's somebody having a baby or like, I think we do community so beautifully in our church. 
But especially outside of Utah, I'm not sure in Utah because I've never lived in Utah. Honestly, I grew up in Atlanta and went to school there for a little bit. But now I'm here where your family, like your ward really becomes your family. Like you really kind of your family. And when your child comes out as an LDS mom and a parent, part of the feeling of why it's so hard is because you feel outside of our community. You know, your your kid might not be going getting married in the temple. Your kid might not be going on a mission. Like all these things that your friends' kids are doing, it feels so alone and it feels really horrible because that we know like we are wired for community. And especially when we're so used to that in the elders church, we minister to each other. We, you know, we're in callings together. When you are put in a situation, and I'm sure like when you're going through a divorce and things like that, it's a very similar feeling when you have an LGBTQ child. I think there's a couple things that kind of puts us outside of our community. And that is what I noticed the most with my clients where they're like, I feel like they they honestly lose some friends and i you know people have good intent but sometimes they just don't know how to handle what's going on with your family or how to help or they say things out of good intent but it can be very very hurtful and so i work with um lift and love which is a foundation allison dayton and we started these support groups for these moms a year ago for lds lgbtq moms and the response has been amazing because these moms just want to talk it's like the highest release society for lds lgbtq moms like because we just get together we teach and then we break up and do small groups so they have they could actually ask questions and talk and support each other. And so from that, we're now growing it where um, we now have Lift and Love coaching community, where it is really like we are teaching this the skills that we need for the pain points for the LGBTQ moms, but mostly it's the coaching of the community of really being able to connect with moms across the world, really, who are going through the same things you are going and are you're trying to figure out how to stay connected to Christ, how to stay connected to the church, how to support your child. There's a lot of questions in this that is very specific to the LGBTQ moms. And I got to tell you, Heather, I wish you could meet these moms. They are the most amazing moms I don't say that lightly. And so it's fun to sit in my seat of being able to coach all these families because I'm like, wow, these children are coming to families that are the bedrock of our church communities. They are the bishop's wives, the state president's wives. They are not these outliner members. These are strong LDS families and willing to really like, okay, create a better space in our community for their children. I mean, it always comes from the moms, right? Like you look at the sons of Helaman, the mothers who knew it, that is really what these moms are. And so, you know, if you are LDS, LGBTQ, even not even LDS, like anybody who's LGBTQ child, because it seems like we have a lot of common pain points with other Christian religions, but this is the place for you to be because being with these moms will you will only be elevated and the spirit is so strong and they learn to love in such a new way and they give that to other people it affects like i say to my kids all the time you are so lucky that nick was first because i'm such a better mom <laughs> my other five girls where i'm like like how i've learned to love and to um, support you you just the skills that come with being a lgbq family they're the best families in our church i have i will go down the hill saying that because they are um their hearts are changed and they are changed people who are loving on a higher light wave to like they're really loving in a full disciple way of christ which is like i said before like that is the goal that's yeah. that's why we're here it is it is okay so how can they find out more about that community yeah it's lift and love like just lift and love 
therealant.org. Also, my name, Jenny Hunter Coaching, they could be linked there, but probably liftandlove.org is the easiest way. We also have a podcast, Lift and Love. So um, find us on Instagram, the podcast. Like, And if you don't feel like you could do the coaching community, just listen to podcasts and come to it. We do a once a month support group for anybody who's not in the community too. You know, come and we want to help whoever whatever stage you're at there you will find um support and resources and tools in lift and love oh that is so amazing what a fantastic resource for oh people which there is not many resources for people well and there's a lot of resources we're like kind of angry against the church but we Mm -hmm. really keep it in this place where we're tied to christ we really keep it and there's hard things that come like you know Holland's talk and fall was a hard bump. Honestly, we, I love present Holland, but for the LGBT community, that was a real pain point. And so we, we give you a place to safely process that where you can still feel connected. If you want to stay in the church, we help you do that. Mm-hmm. And even if you need to leave, but you still want to stay connected to your faith, we help you do that too. We honor kind of everybody's, but it is not a place where we are victims or we are going to be really negative. It's a place, it's a very positive place for you to feel the spirit and for you to really learn how to love the Lord and love your child and stay connected. Really, our whole mission is keeping families connected to Christ. That is the whole reason we do it and it's such honor like people are like oh this is great i'm like oh no it's my biggest honor it is being with these moms i it's such a privilege i am so humbled that heavenly father has put me in this part of the vineyard i love it jenny thank you so much for visiting with me today it's been truly delightful for me and i am so happy that the world has you and you know as a resource and as a light so thank you Oh, thank you. Like anytime I could talk about this and um, um, seeing the LGBTQ moms praises, I'm going to because I love them and I, and it's just changed my life being able to do this. So thanks for having me. Welcome to Lift and Love Conversations, where we are building a supportive culture. Thank you for joining our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lift and Love podcast. And if you like what we share, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a five-star rating. For more tips and resources, follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Lift and Love Org and Jenny Hunter Coaching. You can also go to liftandlove.org for loads of information and entry into our free support groups. If you're interested in personal coaching, sign up at jennyhuntercoaching.com. The first appointment is free. But most importantly, remember, you are not alone in this journey. We are building a community of thriving and faithful LGBTQ families who are here to lift and love you.